episode 37. I won't pretend that I remembered that because episode 36 was two months ago. <laughs> so I definitely had to go on our website and look it up <laughs> because I, I honestly just straight up forgot. We forgot. Yep. Not that we were, forgot to record. We forgot what our last episode was. We have not been forgetting you fine people, all three of you, <laughs> this whole time. We have more than that. Um, Ten. Hi, 10 folks. We should probably name you guys. Um, (laughs) I feel like that would be a good shout out. Um, But uh, it's been a busy time. It's been way busier than expected. So, Um, well, let's let's get into it. What's in your cup? Well, what's in my cup is what's in your cup. Right. And cheers. All right. Oh, Oh, maybe I do need another one. Okay. We just started (laughs) and I was like, oh, I like that a lot. Um. We're having New Glarus, of course we are, New Glarus Moon Man, No Coast Pale Ale. And I appreciate the No Coast mention. Is that true, though? Wisconsin doesn't have zero coasts. Yeah. No, 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 that's not true. Yes, but like against Lake Michigan. But mm-hmm. where New Glarus is, is kind of landlocked. Oh, that's true. Yes, that is true. I do believe that Wisconsin actually has more lakes than Minnesota, is what someone has told me. Was it someone from Wisconsin? It might have been Wikipedia. <laughs> and it might have been caused because someone told me. They're like, you know, we got more likes. I'm like, okay, all right. So anyways, someone was trying to tell me, though, that all the lakes combined make up more coastline oh. than all of California. Well, and um, I do know that the state of Michigan, it has the third longest coastline of any state in the Union. Because it has all the coastline with all of the great, with so many of the Great Lakes, like Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, um, Lake Huron, and uh, Lake on Erie. Sorry. <laughs> Can you name them all? All the Great Lakes. Yeah, Ontario is the third one. Fifth one. I've had two sips of beer. I know we haven't drank today. But this is no. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, four out of five Great Lakes prefer Michigan. Amen. I mean, they also kind of like Canada and Ohio and New York, but not as much. Nah, not nearly as much. Um, and I guess Minnesota too. Anyway, so now that we said what's in our cup, what you've been up to though? Because I think that's a little bit more than bit more uh, substantial than the thing that I'm yeah. drinking right now. <laughs> um, although, as a as pale ales go, this I do really like, um, and it's much, it's hoppy and crisp, but not. Um, not dank yeah you know it's it's more of like a a bright crisp hoppiness than like a a heavy sour or whatever you know like some of the other flavors that you get it's far more drinkable yes yes um yeah so what have I been doing uh many things so in the last two months I have um just done a huge amount of work you know we've been I um I've been traveling a lot, both for fun and for work. So we had the the largest international neuroscience conference is the Society for Neuroscience. So that happened a couple weeks ago, and it was in Chicago. 
which was fun. Um, I say, I was about to say it was awesome. It was not awesome because the weather in Chicago was garbage. It was <laughs> awful. Um, but the conference itself was great. Um, and there was also a, uh, a small stem cell meeting there that I went to. So I learned a lot. Um, so, and this year I've been to Chicago like over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, you know, um, get togethers with friends in Chicago because living in Iowa in order to get here is always like a second short flight from Chicago. And sometimes that flight gets canceled or it gets delayed. So like, if you're going to hang out with somebody in who's from Iowa, like Chicago is pretty easy to get to. So I must've gone to Chicago for weekends, like our long, long and short weekends, maybe five times this summer, which is a lot. That's quite a lot. Um, and we've had a couple of uh, lake house weekends as well. I think most of them in the time that we've been away from the podcast. So the most significant of which was our family lake house time, mm-hmm. which was awesome. It was awesome. And it was uh, an Airbnb dream. It worked out great. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it was like quality over size, mm-hmm. over quantity on that one. Yeah, it was, was it was the sort of lake house where um, there are some bedrooms, but some of the beds are in like a, an open loft, you know, so it's not a place that you would go if you want a lot of privacy and, you know, separation from people. But if you're really into hanging out with your family like we are. <laughs> it worked out really well. Yeah. And the house was directly on the lake. Like you looked out the back window and it was all lake, um, which was super nice, especially because we were there with our dad who has a hard time getting around. So he was able to like see the lake without having to like risk <laughs> going down a hill <laughs> to get to the lake. Um, yeah. So there's been a lot of that and there's been a lot of work and, and other stuff. And, and you've been doing even more of the traveling than I have. Yeah. I kind of didn't think about it until right now when you're starting to go through all the things we were doing. But, um, I just came back from a trip to Asia. I was in, Shanghai and Zhongshan, China, and then also in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam for work. And that was like two and a half weeks. Um, I'm still fighting jet lag, though. I'm like, ugh, I didn't think that it really affects me, but whenever I come back, it's awful. But Mm -hmm. prior to doing that, we had our lake house thing, literally Mm -hmm. the weekend before. So that was just packing it in and making my poor dog super sad and weird by all the travel (laughs) and all the weird things. And I also went camping in, up near, um, they call it North Shore in Minnesota, which is like beyond Duluth, right? Mm-hmm. So I went camping one weekend as well. Like I, and then my ex moved out and all just too many things at once. I'm sorry, podcast, but we're, we're going to have many things to give gold stars to at this point. But <laughs> um, it's pretty impressive, though, like how much we have been doing. So I've been working yes. on the fall line. That was the whole reason I was traveling to Asia. Um, so my fall line, my line reviews are coming up in the next two weeks. So that's pretty stressful. But um, I had to come to Iowa to get my hair done. So <laughs> so we get together sister Yay! time. Yay! And I got to go to a gala by oh, chance. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So um, the University of Iowa's Department of Psychiatry is 100 years old, um, which pretty is amazing. <laughs> super impressive. So yeah, the, the department was founded in 1919. Um, and yeah, yesterday was a full day celebration of that with, uh, 
people talking about the history of the department, the history of psychiatry, um, kind of what has changed over time. And then um, at the end of the night, there was a gala where people got to, you know, stand up and tell stories about their their memories of the place um, and their really memories sweet. of each other, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was one of the rare opportunities we had to wear semi-formal clothing, which mm-hmm. if you're from the Midwest, you know, that, like very few opportunities. <laughs> you can, you know, like anybody can get dressed up whenever they want mm-hmm. to. Like if the other thing you will know from having been to the Midwest is that nobody minds what you do as long as you don't do it in the street and scare the horses. So <laughs> like you can do you at any time you want to. People in Iowa do not care. They really don't. They really don't mind. But there isn't, you can't be guaranteed that anybody else is going to be doing it too, right? <laughs> so I think I think a lot of people really relished in the opportunity to get dressed up. And God knows my chair was like semi-formal, also formal. I'm wearing a beaded gown. <laughs> yeah. And she sure did. I think she was the only person wearing a beaded gown. But I'm so true. glad she did because... That light shined on her. That was great. Well, and there were several other women who really did it up. Really you know, wore formal gowns. And yeah. in fairness, you know, she was the belle of the ball because she is the first female chair that the department has ever had. And unfortunately, female chairs for any medical department of any kind anywhere are quite rare. Um, so... Other folks who dressed up, dressed up, but they didn't outdo her. Mm-mm. I think ever it's like never outshine the bride. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my favorite thing about that gala was how many people were like, look at this amazing gown I'm wearing. This this is a great outfit. I wore it to my son's first wedding. And I'm like, <laughs> everyone just was excited to wear the dress that they said they could never wear again. Mm-hmm. That's what galas bring out in the Midwest. It's like, <laughs> it's true. The outfits that time forgot. <laughs> the dresses that I put it on. I felt like I was bitching at the time and I just <laughs> never had an opportunity to bust it out again. And now there's a hundred year galas. <laughs> yep. It was fantastic. It was awesome. It was great. I was into that. Um, so yeah, we've been busy. Yeah. But, um, but For good reasons. Yeah, all the good reasons. I yeah. hope everyone else has been busy too because it's also a shortened, like a shortened time frame between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. Everything's really ramped up. That's true. I hadn't thought about that um, until I was trying to like plan Thanksgiving and Christmas um, that there just isn't, there's not that much time between the two holidays and our our autumn seems to have gotten kind of crunched short. Mm-hmm. Um, so spring here was sort of long and cool um, and just not beautiful. Summer was great. Summer that was, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but then when fall happened, of course, I lost my shit. I <laughs> love fall. I've mentioned this on the web on this podcast before, but I am a pumpkin spice apple cider bitch. I love it. <laughs> I love all of it. Like the minute that I'm allowed to wear sweaters and boots outdoors and not, you know, dehydrate from sweating, I'm that's what I'm doing. Um, and so it got, this is your time. It is. It's my time. And and knitters. Any of you who are knitters will know that it is also our time, right? Because you won't sweat to death. This is this is when you can bust out your projects that you've made in the past that you are really excited about, and you can start planning things that you can work on without you know, being too hot to work on them. And it's just, it's a time of coziness and warmth. And 
I love winter. Not everybody does. And winter feels like it arrived a little early. Um, like it started snowing here on Tuesday. So today is, today is November 1st, 2nd, November 2nd. It started snowing here before Halloween and it wasn't a lot of snow, but it was enough snow that people had to, you know, shovel a little because it just wasn't, it didn't get warm enough during the day to melt it. Interesting. Well, I noticed that when driving down from Minnesota yesterday, I was like, oh, that's some dirty ass snow. What the mm-hmm. hell happened here? We yeah, it snowed. <laughs> well, and because like further north, you expect snow sooner. And it definitely snowed the second week in October, right as I was leaving. They got snow, but it didn't stick. And so it's been like unseasonably not warm. It's, everyone's calling it October. Like it's colder than normal. <laughs> it's chilly, yeah. But, um, it's I supposedly snowed yesterday, just as I left. Again, I keep leaving it. Just in time. Just in time, and I need to maybe keep that plan up. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I agree. I feel like winter came in real fast, and I all of a sudden was ripping my air conditioners out mm-hmm. and putting the heat on. I was like, oh, okay, all right, handled, handled. It was yeah. just a little faster than planned. Yeah, and the snow is gone here now. Like, it didn't take very long for it to disappear but it was around long enough that people got salty about it already. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I dig it. I'm I'm not saying I'm like as in love with fall as you are. I'm just excited to like walk to work and not sweat as yeah. much. I think that is the, the number one thing that I'm more excited about. But yeah. I digress. Anyways, so what have you been working on in this period of time? Yes. Um I have... Also, no guilt if you haven't. No, I've been working on things. I've okay. finished <laughs> very little. Um, so I'm going to reach over and get close to the mic and then step away. Okay, so things I finished. I Because I was... Um, what the hell was I doing? I was, I was doing stuff that um, was just kind of like mentally exhausting. So I didn't want to be working on projects that... Um, required a lot of intellectual effort. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take all of my scraps of either cotton or cotton linen blend yarns, of which I had quite a few like small scraps that were too large to want to part with, but too small to really plan much of a project with. Um, And I made washcloths out of those. Nice. So I made this washcloth pattern that's called um, Sink Mates by Laura Lee Beltman. And um, the pattern is a really simple pattern. It's only like two bucks to buy on Ravelry. And um, a portion of the sales, or perhaps all the sales of it, um, go towards Special Olympics. So Wow. That was cool. That's very cool. For $2? Um, yeah. That's great. And so I, so I bought the pattern, um, and it makes a washcloth that looks kind of like a it's a square, but it's got a seam up the middle. So it's got just kind of like some visual interest. Then there's mm-hmm. a loop on the end for hanging it. So I made a bunch of those. Um, and then I also, um, I think I had mentioned on the podcast before that when I was in Maine over the summer, I had bought two skeins of Quince and Company Sparrow, which is 100% linen yarn um, in a, both of them were marled. So one um, color was like a, black and natural marl and the other color was a burgundy and natural marl um and again because i didn't want to do anything that required any brain power uh i just made garter stitch washcloths um because the garter stitch 
um, makes for a nice, nice texture. Um, so it actually will wash things. Um, I anticipate most people that I give these to will probably want to use it for washing their faces, but you could use it for washing anything. anything. And because it's 100% linen, it'll get softer and softer over time. Nice. Which is nice. Um, and I will say for anybody out there who has tried working with linen and hated it because it hurt their hands, I did not find that knitting this hurt my hands. Um, I would not call it like a stretchy, springy yarn. It is not. It's still linen. Um, but it, I don't know, I was, I was knitting it on really small needles. I was knitting, it's a fingering weight yarn, and I knit it on size 2 needles, so they're small. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it didn't hurt my hands. I don't know why. I don't know if there's something to do with the, the um, way that it was spun or what. It felt like regular linen, like it's crunchy, you know, it's got that crunchy texture. linen texture. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't hurt, cool. which was fantastic because that was the first thing I was worried about because I tried knitting on bigger needles and I just hated how it looked. It just looked sloppy and loose. Because it doesn't spring. It, yeah, yeah. It just, it looked really messy and I was like, mm, no. So I went down to the, you know, these really small needles and I was like, well, <laughs> here's to hoping I don't get carpal tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it was totally fine. <laughs> It was totally fine, all except for the times I was knitting on a circular needle, and for whatever because the weather was getting colder, my cat kept wanting to snuggle with me more. So I'm I am not joking you. There were a minimum of three times that she decided she wanted to snuggle. So she walked through the loop, connecting the two needles, and pulled it out of the fabric. And I was like, "Bitch, (laughs) Bobby, size two needles, dang it." (laughs) Um, On the plus side. That crunchy linen yarn is uh, toothy enough that the loop stayed, so I could just <laughs> poke the needle back through. But oh man, she! Well, the third time she did it, I was like, "You gotta be kidding!" No, like, it's on purpose. You you don't even want to be here. Like she walks through and then she starts yowling because she feels trapped. <laughs> she so played herself. She played herself. Anyway, so those are the things that I have finished. I went. I basically so. For anybody who's interested, um, one skein of the um, Quince and Company Sparrow, which is a 50-gram skein, so it's small, but it's not, like, teensy, um, one of them made me, like, basically two and a half washcloths, nice. I want to say. Yeah. And I think the skeins were each, like, $14 or something, so it was, like, less than... Seven bucks a piece for the washcloths, you know. So if you're if you're thinking you wanted to make something nice for folks um, with nice quality materials, but you don't have a huge amount of money to spend, that is a nice way to make um, a good quality product that is a nice thing to receive that they can love for a long time because it only gets better the more you use it, as opposed to getting worn out. Um, and the company is an American company, so it's you know you know that uh, the people who made it you know, have good working conditions and they, they work with, um, American mills to try to, um, you know, keep the American fiber industry going. So all, you can feel good about all those things. Um, so those are the finished things. And then I, because tis the season for over planning and under delivering, I started <laughs> <laughs> launching myself in on planning a whole bunch of sweaters that I will probably, I haven't even started any of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've actually been working on finishing a different sweater, but I started um, daydreaming about a sweater called Diesis, which is from Pom Pom Autumn 2017. It's the cover girl. 
Oh, cool. And it is by, uh, I don't remember the name of who it's by. I will look that up. Um, but yeah, so uh, Diesis is named after a, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a, a punk, not a punctuation mark. It's like a, it's a mark and I think in copy editing, but the, it's oh, like okay. this little thing that looks like a capital I, but the long line down the middle extends above and beyond oh. the caps. Got it. So, um, the, it's got that pattern all over the front and then it's got a contrast color neck band, waistband, and sleeves. So it almost looks like a three-quarter three quarter length sleeve sweater with a long sleeve t-shirt underneath it. It's almost the look that it has. Um, and I don't know why, but I just looked at it and I thought that looks great for two reasons. One, I just love the really high contrast of it because the diesis pattern is a color work pattern that's done in very high contrast. You could do it in any contrast you wanted, but I like that. I like that it was very graphic and mm -hmm. bold. Um, it also, because it's a sweater is a yoke sweater. So it's, you start from the neck and work down, um, it a, radiates, it radiates outwards. So it's basically seamless. Like you start at the neck and you keep increasing until you get to the width of your shoulders. And then you hold some stitches to make sleeves later. And then you finish in the, the body in the round. So you're knitting basically a tube for the body. And then when you're done with that, you go back to the sleeves and knit two tubes down on either side. That's cool. So it's it's very clever. It's actually a very old style of sweater, um, Icelandic sweaters. I was going to say like Fair Isles and things like yep. that kind of do a similar build. Yes, exactly. But it's also really easy for different shoulder shapes. Like rag, mm -hmm. it's, I'm going to say like rag ones could be really hard, but this is done in the round so it's softer. Mm -hmm. So it fits more, might fit more body type. Yeah, so the exact same size of sweater can fit more people um, because it's not fitted, you know. So if you're looking for like a pinup girl sweater, like that's not not it. This is not what it is, but um, it can still it still has a shape that's visually interesting. It's almost trapeze. Yeah, so it's a line, which is pretty forgiving, um, and because of the bold pattern, it's visually interesting. It's not like you're just wearing a, a single color bag on top and hoping yeah. for the best. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just found it in the book. So it is by Alice Caetano. Um, and this was knit in, in the book, it's knit in, or magazine, it's knit in John Arbon Textiles Knit by Numbers DK, which is like a color work series of yarn that that label has. So it comes in a bajillion colors. So whatever color pattern you could possibly want, they have. Uh, but I decided to knit it with things that I already own. Um, which is nice because also, like I said, it's got the collar, the the neckband, the waistband, and the sleeves. You could knit those all in the same color, but in the pattern, they're knit in different colors. So it's a really good stash buster. Like if you had part yeah. of a skein left and you didn't know what to do with it, you could make just the collar out of that. And as long as it looked nice with all the other colors, you'd be cool. Um, planning colors can be super difficult, but the uh, designer actually made a um an online tool where you can pick different colors 
for each of the five color options. Mm -hmm. And you can see how it looks before you decide to do it. That's very cool. So you basically get to like mix and match your color choices on this online tool. And then you could print it out for yourself to remind yourself of which colors you had chosen or which colors you have to go to the store to buy because you liked something nice. that you didn't yet own. So what I did is I looked through all the yarns that I had that I thought would work together. And I just played around with the online tool until I found a version of it that I like the look of. Um, so I'm going to show Miranda what I decided to do. And I will tell you guys what it looks like. Um, and I apologize, there's going to be some plastic crinkling, but <laughs> I will try to keep that to a minimum. So all of the yarn that I'm going to use is the Plucky Knitter, which is a an indie dyer. They are, they are indie dyers from uh, Michigan, from the Grand Rapids area, Western Michigan. Um, and I used to belong to their um, club, which is like an every other month surprise color club um, until they discontinued it. They don't have that anymore. Um, and so I got two skeins of yarn or one skein, whatever I subscribe to every two months. And I loved everything that I got, but I had this, te this horrible tendency to be like, Oh, it's special. I should save it for something special. And then I prompted, I probably saved it all for doing nothing with it. And now I'm going to do something. So what I decided for my diesis is for the color work in the body, instead of using natural and black, I'm going to use a, what I would consider a mid-tone gray. Yeah, soft gray. Like a yep. mid-tone soft gray. It's kind of a neutral gray. It's not really warm or really cold, I don't think. Cold. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other color is a blue-purple. Um, it's a very, like... Variegated. It's variegated, but it's, uh, like... A low contrast. It's almost like beta fish colors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a really good description of it. It is. Um, and this color was called Julia Gulia <laughs> because the, the club from Plucky Knitter was called Classics. And so all the names and the colors were inspired by movies that they liked, some of which were classics and some of which they decided were classics. So <laughs> Julia Gulia came from The Wedding Singer. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the, the mid-tone gray was from um, Singing in the Rain, and it's called Laughing at Clouds. And then... This one um, is As If. Yeah, so from the from movie Clueless, Clueless <laughs> the color As If, which is, I would call raspberry. that like a... Yeah, it's a raspberry color. And that will be the collar and the waistband. Mm -hmm. And then the sleeves will be... And this is definitely not a classic. Um, a a hunter forest green forest green from the movie Robin Hood Men in Tights, <laughs> and the color is called Men in Tights because I think this is actually the color of the tights they wore in the yeah, movie. Yeah, they do. Um, definitely not a classic in my in, book. In your book, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super excited about the colors, and I I'm. Um, Looking at them now, I'm even more excited to to knit all of this up. And hopefully it won't look terrible. I'll wear it regardless, but... But I also like that it is a colorful sweater, that this is where you get to wear whatever the hell you want. 
Well, and I so also it's feel also like, like have some joy with it. The, the winter is long. It's true. So <laughs> just enjoy some color. God dang it. It's true. <laughs> and I will say this is something that I kind of got inspired to do um, after watching um, Knit Stars, which we can talk more about later um, because I think I'll I'll talk with people I'll I'll talk with people about it. <laughs> I will mention it on the podcast on the recording because Knit Stars is starting soon and you you still can buy into it, but. Uh, Stephen West was on it. Oh, yeah. And um, Stephen B. from Minneapolis yeah. was on it. They were both on it separately. And both of them very much uh, go for color and texture and just a lot, right? And I think Stephen B., his his motto is, like, more is more. So, <laughs> like, there's, you know. No stopping it. More is more and less is a bore. <laughs> and the truth of... Like everything I see by the both of them um, looks like a lot, but then if you actually, when you have that much color going on, as long as the colors aren't fighting with each other, having lots and lots of bright colors doesn't actually make the garment difficult to wear because um, if you only have two colors in it, then yeah, you can't have a third color that clashes with those two colors. But if you make something that's basically multicolored, then it almost, be, it sounds weird to say, is it almost becomes a neutral. It yeah, almost becomes something absolutely. that you can wear with a lot of different things. And absolutely. these colors are all relatively cool toned, except for that gray, which can go in either direction. So with jeans, it's easy. Easy. Totally yeah. gray. So I'm excited about that. And then the final thing, the thing that I'm actually working on, is I'm actually working on Actively. finishing <laughs> the um, penny cardigan that you got me. Last year, Yeah. I don't even remember which holiday you got it for me for. My birthday, Christmas, I don't know. I think know. it was Christmas. I think it was Christmas, um, but I can't remember now. No, because it took me forever. So what I will say about this, uh, so this, I've been talking about the podcast for a while, is um, a pattern by Wool and the Gang, and it is a gingham sweater. And I am super pumped about it. Uh, Miranda helped me pick out the colors, so I went with the colors Bizarre Orange and Cameo Rose. Oh, Cameo Rose, you're right. And right. so it's like a blush pink and a muted orange which look fantastic together i finished the pieces for this sweater i don't even know how long ago like all of the sweater pieces are knit but once you're done knitting the pieces then you have to weave in the gingham and that's the part that that's the part where i just kind of stopped because i can't knit it i can't weave it correctly while i am talking to other people it's, um, um, it's, you have to be focused. I have to be focused um, because if I make a mistake, then I um, I would have to unweave. I'd have to take uh, out a lot of weaving. Totally so um, it's just not, I don't want this to turn into a project where I make a mistake and then I can't decide how to fix it or whether to fix it. And so then I put it in the naughty corner, you know, uh, to punish it, yeah. to punish it for what it did. Um, so I dragged my feet on it. Now I'm doing the weaving and I really love it. Um, so I'm done. I'm almost done with the second of the two fronts. Then I'll weave the back and then I will weave the sleeves. Please. Wow. And then I will knit that all together, seam it all together. And then the final touches are uh, the neck band to hold everything together and the front bands to like clean off the, the front edge, the plackets. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but I think it's a good time to be knitting it because although the sweater itself is 100% cotton and therefore you would not think is very snugly, it is now effectively a double thick it's layered very garment. Thick. Yeah. yeah. It's probably windproof so, at this point. It's close. <laughs> if there were a cotton garment that was windproof, this would be it. Like, did you touch it? I did. Because it's, it's dense. It is dense. It's dense, but it has such a clean look to it. Which I really like over wool. Like when we think of yeah. fall sweaters, fall and winter sweaters, we think of wool and that hairiness. But the I love halo, how yeah. I like how clean that is. It's yeah, really the cool. cotton is very crisp looking without feeling crisp. Which right. is a trick for cotton. So like I've I've knit with a lot of cotton yarns where I was just like, no, 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 I'm never doing this again. I'm never knitting anything but wool. Um, but the wool in the gang, shiny happy cotton, is uh pretty Pretty easy to it's work very with. Soft. Yeah. It's so. soft, but it doesn't like fall apart on you. And for all of the handling that I've done, and I handled this sweater a lot. It because, doesn't look like it though. Yeah, it hasn't pilled. Which is I personally I do think is kind of shocking because I have like moved these pieces around a bunch. I have to like move them all over my lap a bunch in order to weave with them and all of that. And it's it looks as good. fresh as it did in the skein, so so yeah, that means it's a good staple of cotton. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And you can feel good about buying it from Wool and the Gang because, again, it is, um, it is a, an ethical and ecologically friendly brand. Um, they are, and actually right now they're doing a 25% sale on their eco-friendly yarn. So they have a lot of yarns that are upcycled or recycled. Which is cool. Um, which is awesome. Um, and they pay fair wages for all of that work, which is awesome too. So yeah, um, yay wool in the gang. Amen. What have you been working on? Well, good Lord. Hard to follow up on this one. Damn. Well, it's been two months, so you know, you don't have, we don't have to talk about everything. <laughs> um, I will say that besides working on my fall line, I think the last time we spoke, I was working on my fall line. So that's, this is now the end of that. Ah, okay, it takes yep. me about two months to really complete it. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm headed into the line review in the next two, like week and the following week, um, which is really exciting because all the garments are coming in. All of the bits and pieces are coming together to make what That's you're going to so see exciting. next year. Yeah, it's really exciting. And everyone who comes in into the brand room where I work um, and sees it gets really excited and pumped. So I'm just like, yay, that's a good sign. It's a really good sign. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, sorry guys, I can't talk about it because it's, it's not released yet. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna be but you'll here. be able to see it. You'll be like, I listened to her while she worked on that and she was really stressed out. Um, so besides that, I also had a house rewarming party after my ex moved out and it also kind of co coincided with, um, Halloween. So it was done on the 27th, which also happened to be a new moon in Scorpio. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I think I was the only person who, who cared and noticed. But um, <laughs> I invited a bunch of friends and coworkers and, and anybody that I knew. And I couldn't believe I had 40 people, kids included. So that was like 16, 18 of those were kids. Um, ages like three, two and a half up to like 14 or something like that. And when um, you told me that, my first reaction was like, that sounds loud and sticky. And it was. It was absolutely <laughs> loud and sticky. Um, but it was such a cool party because for being a housewarming party, I think that sounds really boring to kids. But um, when I told everybody that I needed them to help me get the witch farmhouse together, because 
not everyone knows, but my house looks, it's an old, it's a, as my friend Amy calls it, it's the OG farmhouse of my block, but it has a turret. So it, it, it looks, looks very Halloween-y yeah, just it's, on its own. It looks haunted. And, <laughs> and everyone calls it like, oh, that's the, the witch house. That's the whatever, the ghost farmhouse, whatever. So um, just inviting everybody over to like help decorate was kind of amazing. So um, I took it upon myself because I had such a scary house with a big wraparound uh, lawn that it's the perfect place for two. Oh, that's stones. true because it's got a corner. You're on, on a, a corner, corner plot. Yeah. On a corner lot and it's kind of raised up. Mm -hmm. So when you're walking by, I was like, oh, this is the perfect place for graves. Yes. <laughs> um, so I asked a couple people to help me make these tombstones, but it just didn't work out with the timing. And I just came back from my trip from Asia. So I landed on the 22nd. And by the 23rd, I was at Home Depot buying a circular saw. Like that was like, that was something new. That wasn't also planned. I also went to Home Depot just to get a drill and a jigsaw. That was all I needed. <laughs> all I needed. And next thing the you know. The equivalent of going to Costco hungry. You went to Home, Home Depot, Depot with a project. <laughs> I went there with a project. And this is my other favorite part. I'm so single. I can't tell if someone's asking if I really need help or if they're hitting on me. I was just like... <laughs> It's like, you're awfully helpful. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I don't got it. But I was so determined. You, like, I get, I steal myself. I, like, prepare myself to go in there and be like, I know what I'm doing. I went to art school. You know? <laughs> I understand this. I don't understand this. I also went to art school a long time ago. So my awareness of power tools is near nothing. Because I also didn't use power tools in art school. So, like, I need to calm down. I use very few. Very few. But anyways... So I knew I wanted a jigsaw, I knew I wanted a drill, and I wanted an LED light drill so you can see when you're drilling things. Oh, yeah. So that was like That's my... a good idea. It was my one prerequisite. But the drill I wanted wasn't available, but it was available in this seven-piece set. Oh, so now I own some shit that I don't even know <laughs> what to do. But the cost of the drill plus the jigsaw, had they both been available, cost the same amount as the seven-piece starter set <laughs> and i was big air quotes around starter, starter set. seven that's pieces the, that's the starter for your garage workshop yeah, is that's, what that it's is. called i've used power tools before but did i buy something that involved a tote bag i did and um everyone at home depot was just like rallying around me like i had five different people help me four or five different people help me and i was like look i came here for a jigsaw so that i could cut these edges on these tombstones, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, everything you need to do, you can do it with this thing. I st was it a reciprocating saw? I was yes. like, I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't, I've never used this. And they're like, well, what else do you need? And I was like, well, I'm going to do these angles. Well, then that circular saw right there is going to handle it for you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Pulling out the circular saw, I definitely had to call the customer help line twice because I was like, <laughs> I can't figure this out. And he's like, well, did you put the blade on correctly? And I was like, I did. No, I didn't. I had, like, <laughs> it was a disaster. Anyways, hot mess alert, but I did it. I made the, I made these awesome. tombstones and people were like, where'd you buy them? And I was like, that's the best thing to hear. Um, it is. It is the best thing to hear when someone asks you where you bought something, but you made it. And you're like, bitch, yeah. didn't even know oh. it was handmade. I was like, y'all ain't even looking at the angles because I covered it with spray paint. Um, <laughs> I definitely used gray primer and then a stone speckle finish. Ooh. I was, I, I went you all out. You did not come to play. I did not come to play. I came to fucking rip or Um, Came to win. Uh, anyways, 
so that was really fun. So I had eight tombstones for people to like decorate. And my original plan was to have every family that was there um, to decorate one and then leave it in my yard. I could give it back to them or I could repaint them next year. But so many people came that they became um, exquisite corpses. Like people would come oh. in and like this one family was like, we're done. And I was like, cool. And another family comes in. They're like, where's ours? And I was like, ah, they're gone. So like next thing you know, they're just adding on. So everything got added That's on so to. so cool. It was really cool. And I think a lot of kids um, were just excited to like not be supervised. <laughs> oh, uh, before we move on, there sure. may be some people listening who do not know what the exquisite corpse is. Oh, sorry. And that sounds disgusting. So you kind of, I kind of need to explain that. Exquisite corpse was like, um, it's a writing activity or a drawing activity. Um, both of them are, you get a group of one or two, it's not one, obviously, you need two or more people. But you basically start at the top of a sheet and you either draw the start of a head. Usually it's a, it's a body. And so someone starts at the head, the next section of paper you fold so it's, everything is not visible. So that other person has to draw the next part. So like from the neck down, and then it'll go to the next part, to the next person. And by the time you finish and you unroll the paper or unfold the paper, it's called an exquisite course because it's been made by so many different people and it's all wacky and weird. And none of the people who did it saw what other people had done right so, so it's a surprise to everybody yeah and um people also do this like as a writing exercise where mm -hmm. you start a story and then it might continue into the next story like someone gives you a trailer and then you start yeah the so part. like one person would write one paragraph and then the next person would only be able to see like the last sentence, sentence. of that paragraph but not everything that came before it and they would continue the story from there yeah. so it's so they're add-ons and they're... Yeah. I think it was uh, like a surrealist party game or the, something. It was a corpse drawing game. Yeah. yeah. It was. Um, but it's just kind of cool. Um, or is it Dada? I can't I remember. I can't remember. It might be surrealist. I think you're actually right on the surrealist part. But um, so yeah, these, these tombstones became really like all over the place. There's one that's just coated in googly eyes that I was like, this is amazing. And I would never have done this. Because in my mind, I'm like... It should say, like, rest in peace, blah, 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 blah. I was going to be like, basic human rights, you know, like something like way too out there. And these kids were like eyeballs on everything, bats <laughs> on everything. And then also just seeing kids' versions of what they think is funny, like, I'm a goner, uh, died at this time at this time, or um, see more bats. And I was like, oh, my God, this is adorable and really funny. I'm sure also everyone in the neighborhood was like, there's no children in that house. Who's the weirdo making all of these things? <laughs> but um, I also had kids work on um, these ghost, cheesecloth ghosts that you can um, make in glue or with liquid oh, starch. Yeah, yeah. And they look like they're floating because when the glue dries, you don't see it. And these are like in the form of like a little ghost and you can add eyes and stuff like that. So some kids were so excited by that. They were like covered in rhinestones. And then they were like, can I take this home? And I'm like, of course you can. Like, I only need a few ghosts, but I made 15 of them so that kids could kind of go wild on it. I'm trying to think if I had anything else, but it was just such a wild party. And I say wild party because my house is maybe at 1,100 square feet or my flat's at 1,100 square feet, but parents were so excited to see each other and talk and hang out. And their kids were so interested in being with other kids that like parents were just like, doing whatever they could to get their kids to stay a little longer. Like I kept seeing kids getting fed more treats just like to barter time to like, you know, negotiate a little bit longer time. I saw kids jumping up and down on my bed at one point. I saw it was a chicken, a ghostbuster 
and a unicorn just jumping up and down screaming and I was like this is the cool I was like that's the wild shit that kids get like that they don't get to do that at home no they don't get to do it at home and be able to go and do it at someone else's house and they're totally not being watched they were having the time of their lives so I think that was just a really good time um I'm trying to think what else I've been working on um yeah I did a lot of crafting for that I made a lot of things so I, I think I wore out my my ability of like creative goods, but I am now pulling out all my quilting stuff again to pick it up because now I won't sweat to death while working on it. Also, because people came over to my house for this party, I put the leaves in my table, which means my table's now wide and big, which is perfect for quilting. So yeah, that is a benefit of the situation. So that was long winded, but that's what I'm working on. That's awesome. That is such a cool party. I just love the idea that you had like all these crafty things to do. Cause I always get worried that if I make a bunch of crafty things that people won't want to do them or that I will have like forgotten some key component that is going to make it awesome, you know? Um, so I end up like kind of holding myself back on stuff like that, which sounds silly, but it's true. Um, and the idea of that party just sounds super fun. It was, it was fun because I think parents were really excited to also help make stuff with their yeah. kids. But then when they And they it, don't have to clean it up. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that I think that was the number one thing. I, everyone kept asking, like, you really want your kid you really want our kids to do that? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, Yeah, go, do it. Tubi, my dog, found all the cookies that were left behind. <laughs> she helped clean up real good. And um I think parents were just so amazed that I would be willing to have so many kids over. Sure. Which I'm just kinda like it sucks that that is a problem that a lot of people don't invite families and kids over so I try to make more space for it as much as I can well and I think you know you and I were raised we discussed that Marina and I were discussing this earlier today that growing up we didn't realize how big our families are yeah so we were raised around people who had lots of kids around all the time um so my dad has my dad is one of 13 our dad is one of 13 our mom is one of eight and then, of course, there's they've all had kids, and some of those every kids single, have had kids. Almost every single one, yeah. And so there's just kids all the time. So, like, having kids around was just a fact of life. Like, it was non-optional. So now I invite people over who have kids all the time. And they're like, oh, you probably don't want my kids around because I don't have kids. And people know that I not only don't have kids, I do not want to give birth to kids. Um, and so they mistake that for I don't like, like kids, which is... <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, could not be further from further. the truth. <laughs> I love kids. I love hanging out with them. I love talking to them. I love playing with them. I just don't want one of my own. Yeah. That's fine. I don't mind um, cleaning up after them because they're no. not mine. <laughs> and, and I feel like that's kind of, um, it is kind of odd. I think I have the energy for it because, probably partially because I, I don't have kids. Yeah. So it's not like I have two kids that I really struggle to um, interact with in a way that I you know, I'm happy about, and I'm not trying to balance my work and my life with my totally. family and all that. And so then having 10 more kids just makes me want to pull my hair out. Like I don't live that life. Um, so yeah, I, I can totally see why I, like I said, sounds loud and sticky and it probably and it was. was, but actually, but it kids, sounds fun. These kids were so good about cleaning up after themselves and knowing that they were using permanent materials mm. and like, also, their parents did a really great job of going like, don't do that. Don't play with that. Add that here. Like, it was just a very, I mean, maybe because I work in a creative field, there's a lot of creative kids mm -hmm. with these creative parents. They all kind of all know those 
things, but I was just pretty, I'm just glad Tubi didn't have like stuff glued to her. That was the only <laughs> thing I was worried might happen because she's so low to the ground. She that ate things a, might fall on her and yeah. stick and all that. She ate a few googly eyes, but that was just later on to make me mad. She <laughs> knew I wasn't paying attention to her and I was cleaning the house. So she was like, I'm going to eat this. And I was like, you bitch, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, no, it's, I feel, maybe I'm rushing into my gold star a little bit, but. Why not? Do you mind? Okay. No. Uh, so I want to give a gold star to all the people who don't have kids who say, bring your kids around. Because I feel like more and more. As I get older and I'm really, you know, trying to feel out whether I want to have kids or not, the, I'm actually leaning, at, as of this moment in time, this week, this year, whatever, towards not having kids because I think kids need more adults. That want to be around them. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't always have to be a parent because sometimes parents are tired. Yep. And also parents have got a lot of things to do. So like... Well, and sometimes, like, we're in a generation where a lot of us have to take care of our parents. Yeah. Right? And because, like, our, a lot of our parents are older, like, they waited longer to have kids. So there are people who are, there's a lot of people stuck in that middle place where they have their own children and they have to be taking care of their parents. And that's a lot. That's a, a lot of emotional uh, energy to be using as physical energy and yeah. then resources and on and on. So I'm kind of giving my gold star to people who are like, you know, you don't want to have kids. And maybe you don't like kids. Maybe you're not. Maybe this gold star is not for you. But <laughs> but I do feel like more and more that kids that a big part of raising kids that aren't yours is like being an op- an option for kids to talk to. Um, and then also like there's something about people who don't have kids talking to kids because they talk to them like people, not they don't mm. talk down to them. I mean, sometimes I see people who don't have kids who talk to like kids like babies. But they're all like humans. They're just humans. They have lots of great ideas. But um, I do think that there's something special about that kind of interaction. I mean, I have a couple coworkers who don't have kids. And I've never seen kids lose their minds more than hanging out with them. Because they're just so much more wild and fun. And they're not a mom. They're not a dad. So there's Mm -hmm. something different. So I think one of my gold stars is to that. And that people should just uh, embrace that a little bit more. Because kids need a lot of help. Yeah, a lot of options. And parents need help, right? Absolutely. Everybody needs an extra set of hands around. Never hurts. Never hurts. Definitely not. And also I feel like I have so many friends who've had kids and then they feel very isolated. So they either only become friends with other parents or they don't get friends with anybody. And I'm just like, it's an isolating experience for a lot of parents. So Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Step in and say, hey, I can help. Or at least agree to go to happy hour at your friend's house with kids. Like, Absolutely. Do that. Just do stuff. Invite their kids. Crap. It's way more fun to go to kid movies. You're a weirdo if you go to kid movies by yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of like, invite everybody. We're going to have a better time. <laughs> um, so that's my, my gold star. What about you? Well, my gold star is uh, kind of boring and highly predictable, but the fact that it's sweater season. Oh, yes. I really, really love it. Um, it is not doing wonders for my budget. Because I have, I, of course, <laughs> bought two sweater quantities of yarn. Um, Someone when is getting big and hopeful. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm feeling. I love it. I'm in my feelings right now. And so I bought a sweater's quantity of a, do they're both from Plucky Knitter. One is um, Cozy, which is a camel and wool blend. 
and I bought a sweaters quantity of a color called Barn Door, which is a dark burgundy, yeah, I would it's good say. Red. Yeah. It's a very good red. It's a very rich red, as opposed to like a fire engine red. Mm -hmm. And then I bought uh, Traveler Aaron, which used to be my favorite yarn of theirs, and they discontinued it, and they brought it back. And I was like, yes! yes! <laughs> and uh, Cozy, actually, was discontinued for a while, too, which panicked me. Um, but yeah, so their Traveler is Silk Yak and merino damn <laughs> um and i got that in a color called joe banks which i don't actually know the reference isn't that a movie i no, know it's I not know. i don't know what the reference is but the color is a very good rich neutral brown mm -hmm. which i'm super excited about um so yeah i like that it's sweater season i like that it's time for coziness having my warm apple cider with my oh. cinnamon stick I am a um, goddamn sucker for it. I, love I am. It. I really am. Um, and I, I really love that, uh, that that time of year is here. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but it is. It is a big favorite of mine. And I've also really loved. This is not really a gold star, but just a thing I'm really into is that um, I feel like because it's sweater season and because I'm really interested in knitting more things than I was during the summertime. I've been seeking out more um, designers, right? Because I want to see what people are doing. I want to see what people are into. And it just seems like with all of the conversations about um, diversity and inclusion in the knitting community in specific, yeah, for sure. um, it has been beyond easy to find new designers that I'd never heard of before doing really cool things That's and awesome. um for i a lot of people produce sweaters just because this season is coming around now so it's not hard to find sweater patterns anyway um but i feel like it's been even easier to find new designers who do something a little bit different um and I wouldn't say that I've like figured out the algorithm on Instagram because I, I definitely haven't, but I have found that just by adding a few people, like just to, like, it doesn't matter how many people you add, like just a couple of people who aren't white to your Instagram feed explodes the number of people that you get recommended to you. Oh, that's awesome. Who, yeah. you know, are, are from different backgrounds than yourself. And so it just becomes super easy. You don't have to put in, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is it's not hard, right? It's not a lot of work to do better. The algorithm kind of, it, it's a problem for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that it does do is if you tell it that you like something different from what it thinks you like, it goes, Oh, and tries to it bring you corrects. more of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to be the one to tell it to do that, but it will follow your lead. Which has been good. I mean, some nothing frustrates me more when the when someone says, "Oh, I just haven't seen that," or "I didn't know that," and I'm like, "I say it a lot. I say it a whole lot." But there is something to be said about needing to be curious, especially mm -hmm. on social media. Yep, you have to be the one to to you, tell Google, "I these are the things that I want to see," and it's not hard. It's really not hard. Yeah, oh, it's time we hit it. It's about an hour. All right. Thank you guys. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we hope to continue recording throughout the holiday season. It might be sporadic. It might not be. We'll see how it goes. Um, we appreciate you all for listening. And if you have any comments or feedback, you can find us on Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters. 
our website, stitchcraftsisters.com. Um, and we do have a group on Ravelry, although it seems like Instagram is the place where people are most interested in us. So, yeah. Find us. Yeah. Talk soon. We look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.